Mike Riley is a longtime activist in Bend. He's been executive director of the Environmental Center since 2008, and before that, he directed the recycling team. He was a founding board member of KPOV and served as a chair of the board there for several years. He also helped launch Bend 2030, which is now known as Envision Bend. Riley has 30 years of experience with environmental community radio and healthcare nonprofit organizations and a BS in environmental science from the University of Washington. He and his wife raised two boys in Bend, and he works hard to balance family, work, outdoor fun, and a community involvement. He says he can't imagine a better place to live than Central Oregon. Mike Riley is running for position number six, a four-year term on the Bend City Council, and this conversation is being recorded on September 14th, 2022. Mike Riley, welcome to the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be with you today. Thanks for taking some time. Um, So, as I said, you've been active in Bend for a long time, 25 or so years, I think. Yep, yep. Um, I've moved here in 1997. And so why have you decided to run for the city council at this time? Well, um, for kind of a couple different reasons. One, um, you know, as you said, I've been active for a long time, and I'm ready to be active in kind of a new and different way. And uh, one of the main reasons for that is that more and more I think it's pretty clear that – you know, where the rubber meets the road is what uh, is local communities like Bend. And we're seeing that on some of the big issues of the day, uh, whether we're talking about, um, you know, how we're going to deal with the crisis around guns and violence, about the climate crisis, and even things like um, reproductive rights for women, that the nationally is not where stuff like that is happening. In fact, we're being told that it has to happen at the state and local level. Um, and so I really think that you know, local is uh, kind of the laboratory for uh, our democracy and for politics. And if we're going to make our system work, we're got to make it work first at the local level. And we have an opportunity to really make a big difference on the local issues of the day, as I was saying. So um, that's kind of galvanized me to, to step up and run this year. I also think I bring a lot of experience to the council. So that would be my second reason, um, I've been pretty involved for a long period of time on some of the core issues in the community, whether that's transportation planning, um, whether it's planning for growth. Um, and um, I think that experience will allow me to kind of hit the ground running, um, not have to do quite as much learning as others, although I certainly have a lot of learning to do in some places. And um, and then third, uh there was an opportunity this year because Jenna Goodman Campbell decided not to run. I think it's important that we have somebody that's really grounded in environmental policy and a particular, particularly climate work um, because she's not running. So I think I would bring that to the council as well. So for those three reasons, I've decided to step up this year. So you mentioned transportation and I know that's one of the key yeah. issues that, um, that you are focused on, but can you, so can you talk about that issue, but also uh, let our listeners know what some of the other issues are that you um, want to be focused on as a city councilor in Bend. Well, the three big issues that, that I want to focus on, and I think the community is going to ask us to focus on, one is transportation and making sure we have a well-balanced system that not only moves you know, vehicles and goods and services, but also really focuses on moving people safely, whether they're walking, biking, or using the bus. Um, the second piece would be um, looking at um, growth and affordability. You know, all that stuff kind of intersects, but 
how are we going to grow the community and how are we going to do that in a way? Um, because growth is coming, whether we like it or not. Uh, it's part of the story of a bo- the booming bend that, that's been basically going on since I moved here. So how are we going to grow? How are we going to shape the community? Where are we going to densify? You know, um, and how are we going to try to provide more affordable options for people in terms of housing? And then the third piece would be homelessness issue. Um, it's a really big uh, challenge for the community. So starting with the transportation stuff, um, you know, my work um, has been focused largely on um, improving safety uh, overall for the system, no matter how you use the transportation system, but also for making um, be- more investments in walking and biking. Um, transit, I'll talk about in just a second. Um, those core pieces of infrastructure, I think, are really important if we want to get more people out of their cars. We um, certainly have traffic issues in Bend. We're going to continue to have traffic issues as we go forward, and we can make investments to make traffic flow more smoothly and to, um, in particular, some of the big bottlenecks in the community. Um, but, uh, we're, you know, that, that's really important, but um, we've really underinvested in walking and biking in particular. Most of our money historically has gone to making cars move more efficiently. So I've focused a lot on that, and I think we need to continue to focus there um, one of the things, you know, practically speaking, that I've been involved in, so it's not just an idea that I'm talking about here. We, we, I was involved in shaping Ben's most recent update to its transportation plan. And then the next step was to say, okay, now that we have that plan, how are we going to make the investments? Where are we going to get the money? So two years ago, I helped lead the campaign to pass the bond measure um, for $190 million, and we won by, you know, almost 60%, I think. And um so broad support across the whole community. I worked with the Chamber of Commerce on co-chairing that campaign. Um, and from activists to developers to builders to realtors, we got everybody involved in supporting it. So I think it shows that I can work with a broad sector of the community while still advancing, um, you know, the things that are important to me and in particular the things we've, we've underinvested in. On the transit side, um, I am... Um, I think probably the next big step for our region, really, but probably need to start with Bend, is actually getting some dedicated, reliable funding for transit. Right now, we cobble that all together with money from the state and money from the feds and some money that comes from the city's general fund. But most communities that have thriving transit systems have a dedicated transit district, when you're talking about Oregon, where voters have approved essentially um, – you know, a geography that has an elected board that governs it and has a tax base devoted to transit. And that's really the next step, I think, for our community and ultimately the Central Oregon region. Um, so I'd like to see that happen and some really focused work be put into making that happen over the next four years. Um, so I expect to, to focus there. The bond measure we passed a few years ago is capital money for physical things that we're building. The, cha- the transit question is a different funding question because it's really about operations. How do we get more buses on the roads more often going to more places, right? And so it's a different kind of funding mechanism. And that's why the bond, the bond measure doesn't deal with it. You can't use those funds to pay for transit. You can use for them, use bond money to pay for improvements to like bus stops. But that's not really the core issue with transit. It's the operational costs. And so we need a different way to generate that revenue. You also have talked about housing and houselessness. As people may know, my my day job is I'm the executive director of the Environmental Center in downtown Bend. We own the property um, 
immediately east of Troy Field, right near McMinimins in downtown Bend. And over the last few months, and I was going to speak to the houselessness issue here. Um, you know, generally speaking, I want to approach that solving that problem if solving may not even be the right word because it's a difficult thing that's going to take quite a bit of time um, uh, with compassion first, right? Like how, how do we take a compassionate approach and how do we ensure the safety of everyone, people who are houseless as well as others who are in the community and, and interacting with them. And over the last um, four months or so, a homeless camp has formed immediately adjacent to the environmental center. And so as a, you know, I run a nonprofit. I technically don't own the property and the business, but I'm business. I'm the leader of that organization. Um, it's been really quite um, challenging and I've learned a ton um, having to deal with this on a day-to-day basis. Um, we generally have a respectful relationship with the folks that are part of the homeless camp. Um, and some of the people have worked really well with us. There's some other people that have moved through the camp that are not, that are a little more transient to the location that maybe haven't been as good of actors. We've had issues with human waste. We've had issues with just the whole place getting really kind of have a rundown, unwelcoming feel. Um, there's been a variety of things have happened and, and it's been pretty eye opening and, you know, um, I guess it's just, it's really challenging of how do you balance the real needs of people who are experiencing houselessness for a variety of reasons with the needs of the neighborhood that it feels welcoming in, you know, lots of different ways. I, I think in some ways what I realize is I have more compassion for the business owners that I may not have had before this experience. It's not to say that, you know, they're more important. I'm just saying that we have to take in mind the whole community. The challenge with this issue is that it's resulting from a variety of bigger system problems that the city of Bend by itself is neither responsible for creating nor can fix by itself. So that's everything from affordability is knocking some people, the lack of affordability that people get into, you know, any kind of local crisis that might knock them out of their housing situation. Um, Healthcare can produce the same kind of thing in terms of financial stress on families. We we have um, significant you know mental health challenges that are currently not very well met from various sources of revenue across the state. And then um, you know there are there are drug and addiction problems with some parts of the houselessness community. Not everyone, and certainly not everyone has mental health problems either. But you put all this stuff together, um, and it's really going to take a lot of collaboration amongst various government entities, the city and the county, for example, which is finally now starting to happen. Um, it's going to take, you know, figuring out how we get more of the money that was promised with Measure 110 that I voted for, um, actually showing up in local communities um, to deal with addiction problems. Um, it's going to, you know, uh, figuring out uh, how we're going to assist people better with, mental health problems, and then very specifically, um, how can we create more shelters in the community and how can we have managed camps? I mean, that is probably managed camps to me seems like one of the things, the pieces of the puzzle that's maybe the most missing from where I sit right now in the community, but they're also really difficult to get going because there's a lot of opposition. People don't want them in their neighborhoods. I think the council needs to continue to push 
on trying to get one or those two of those up and running, even if they're small scale, to sort of learn and show how we can make them work here. Um, and then I think there does need to be a camping code passed that that sets up kind of expectations for everybody, whether you're housed or unhoused. You know, this is where people can camp, and these are the places where they can, and this is the behavior we expect if you're camping and the behavior that's not allowed. And it's what they call time, manner, and place um, rules. Um, currently, the city cannot kick people off of many public properties that are shared because of some court rulings, um, because we don't have adequate shelter beds. But at the same time, I also think there needs to be some agreements that we all understand about how we're going to operate. So it's, um, it's been really eye-opening, and it's not an easy, quick fix. But I do think the managed camps um, and the camping regulations um, the camping ordinance is going to be important for us to move forward on as quickly as we can, in addition to some of the bigger system things and having more shelter beds. Uh, what's your thoughts on what the city council, uh, the current city council, has been doing on this issue? I think they've made um, you know, they've made a fair bit of progress on more shelter beds. There um, have been, I think, 130 new shelter beds that, have, that are in place over the last year or so. Um, I think from what I can see, they really are the first council that's really tried to take on the issue in a significant way. Um, and I do think, um, you know, in the past, it seemed to me anyway, that more of the houseless population was sort of out on the periphery, um, meaning past like three to five years, you know, three plus years ago, five years ago. And we're seeing people show up more and more in the urban core I think to some extent that's just part of as we become a bigger city, we're seeing more of the kinds of problems that, that growing cities have, and it's showing up here too, which shouldn't really surprise us. Um, I think so. I think they've been doing a pretty good job on the shelter beds. I think it, it, you know moving for, uh, forward faster with the um, camping code is something that probably should have happened a little bit sooner, um, and um, the managed camps is a very difficult one. I think that the council has tried and the pushback has been really hard from parts of the community. And the challenge is finding locations where um, you're, you're not going to run into the same level of opposition. There is this, you know, there's one ODOT property that was identified in the South end of town. That seems like it has the potential to be one of those properties. Um, and, um, and then, you know, the, the question that comes up, I think, with a lot of business owners and homeowners that are in neighborhoods in and around the camps is just it feels like there's little, there's not a lot of enforcement that goes on of whatever rules do exist. Um, and there's not a lot of rules at the moment, but how are we going to get some level of consistency with once we have a set of rules about where, when, and how people can camp? Are we going to be able to follow through on enforcing those? Because I think that's important for the whole community to see that the local government is is doing that. What are some of the other issues that you um, that you're focused on in your campaign? Well, um, I think affordability is going to be one that the community is going to demand that we pay attention to. Um, you know, I think um, 
we obviously need to increase the supply of housing. I think there's been a general trend across the country, and it's true in Oregon as well, that we sort of underbuilt um, in terms of the need. Um, I think in Bend, what that means is following through on the growth plan that we adopted in 2016 and making sure that we've maximized all the opportunities um, for um, greater density, for um, taller buildings, um, for a mix of housing types. So we, we need to shift away from not uh, the same level of focus that we've had in the past on just single-family residential homes, on individual lots, duplexes, triplexes, multiplexes, multifamily. And there's more of that starting to come online now because of some of the actions that the council has taken over the last couple of years. Um, so I'd like to see us, you know, make sure that our growth plan, that we've maximized that um, and get kind of wonky. But when we adopted that growth plan, there were parts of the community we identified to expand uh, the urban growth boundary. So one of those is in the Northeast, if people are familiar with the Petrosa development um, that Polish Homes is building out there. That was one of the areas we identified. Another one was in the Southeast, down near the landfill. Um all those areas, we need to make sure that we've really followed through and maximized the opportunity for the development to occur and, and even on the city's part sort of facilitated it, like making sure the area, what are called area plans. So the planning done for those expansion areas. So once we've done all that kind of work, um, I think we should also be partnering with organizations like Core Community Land Trust, for example, that has a, a pretty good model for that load of middle-income housing, um, but their model needs to be taken to scale. So how can we support them in that? For example, partnering with Housing Works. And then finally, we're going to need to ultimately look at, um, uh, you know, do we need to do some expansion of our urban growth boundary um, in the next four to six years or so, some time frame like that. Um, that's probably how long it will take. Um, but we also need these other strategies make sure they are given time to work. The supply in my brain is not just expand the urban growth boundary so we have sprawl, right? Like that's not consistent with Oregon's land use planning system, and I don't think it's good for Bend either. So while supply is important, there's more ways to get supply than just expanding the urban growth boundary. I also think demand is just a really big issue. You know, we have a desirable place that a lot of people want to move to, and with that high level of demand, the supply answers are not going to, by themselves, going to fix the pressure that demand puts on prices to go up. So one other issue that you've um, talked about, I know, is the whole question of making Bend a, um, a welcoming and safe community. Mm -hmm. So could you, can you talk a bit about that? There's been a variety of different ways that there's evidence that that's not always happening. Everything from Councilor uh, Rita Schenkelberg, they had some really negative experiences um, because of their, how they identify both as a person of color and a queer person, you know, not traditional gender identity. And um, I've personally, um, you know, have heard some stories from people who've been here of color that are friends of mine that have had negative experiences both back when I first moved here. And more recently, you hear lots of this kind of stuff in the community it's a community-wide problem. How do we, as a community, embrace this as a value that we want to be welcoming, and then how do we exemplify it? And the, the council by itself can't make that kind of cultural change, but it can do everything possible to make sure that people in council meetings, whether they're councilors or members of the public, regardless of who they are, 
feel welcome and included and are not catcalled and all that sort of thing. So there may need to be some attention to how people behave in those kind of settings. I think the, the council has created a human rights and equity com, um, commission, and, and I would be looking to them for feedback and input on what are the other things that they believe the city could and should be doing um, in the things that it has control over to make them feel like a more welcoming community. Um, we are participating at the Environmental Center this week in Welcoming Week, which is a series of events across the whole community that are all about like, making, you know, immigrants, people of color, people with different um, gender identities and, and sexual orientations and all of that feel welcome and included. Um, so I think the city can be participating in and promoting those kinds of activities as a partner in the community as well. But another issue that you've talked about is, is uh, climate pollution. So, you know, climate action um, really sort of crosses or intersects with all the stuff we've already talked about. So, you know, one of the ways that I think we should be thinking about affordability is not just the price point um, of a home or the rental, um, you know, that, the monthly rent on a home, but also what's it cost to live in that home, especially for homeowners, you know, if you're a renter and you have to pay your own utility bills and helping make sure that um, both homes and rental units are more energy efficient. Um, and there are a variety of ways that we could be promoting that across the community. That's got a good climate outcome that connects to affordability issues. The transportation stuff I already talked about, you know, what's important to me is climate action. But I think by having a transportation system that is safe for people so they feel comfortable walking and biking, that's not only good for their own personal health, but it's good for the environment. Having a bus system that serves the entire community, especially those who can't afford a car, helps make Bend more affordable for them and also has an environmental benefit. So for me, the, the climate stuff sort of crosses a lot of the issues in front of the community. I would do my best to try to bring the action focused on those other core issues that we have to do in city government. We've been part of helping create the climate action plan that the city of Bend has in place. I expect that over the next four years, that plan will probably need to be updated and that maybe that some of the goals and the strategies need to change. So I look forward to participating in that process. There's something called the home energy score that will be before the council later this fall that we very much support. And, and I would support if I was on the council today of making, of adopting that and making it a mandatory program. Um, it's a um, something that sellers have to do that provides good information to buyers so the cost of operating the home is transparent and clear and can help inform decision-making when somebody's thinking about buying a home. It can also help them think, oh, this home's not that efficient. Well, if I spend another $15,000 and wrap that into my mortgage, which would be probably the most cost-effective way to make those investments, if I wrap those into the mortgage as I'm purchasing it, I could get that work done. So it can kind of bring that all into the discussion during the selling, the buying and selling process. Do you think the city council or uh, the city should consider um, gun restrictions in the community? I would love to see the council come out in support of Measure 114, first of all, that's going to be on the ballot this fall. Um, I support it personally. I'd love to see the council come out and support that. Yes, assuming there are things that make sense for a city council to do, that will actually make a difference. Symbolic action can be important and, you know, I think we have to think about the practical side too. 
So that, I'll be honest and say that's something I need to learn a lot more about. Um, that tragedy that happened um, several weeks ago um, is not something that we should just accept as, oh, it's inevitable because it's happening other places. It should happen here, too. But I think without more systemic system-wide action, like statewide action, it's hard for me to to know how much difference that we're going to make. I'm not saying I don't support action. I just want to make sure that um, we've thought about the practical part of it as well as we think about policy choices that the council might be looking at. So I support looking hard at it. I support um, supporting the council coming out in support of Measure 114. And then if we can find things that seem like they're going to practically make a difference, I would probably support those as well. What would you say um, sets you apart from your opponents in this race? Well, I'm still learning about them. Um, I, um, I think probably from what I can tell right now, it's about um, my knowledge of the community, my engagement over the years, and in particular, my engagement um, on some of the core you know, core issues that a city government faces, which are things like transportation, that sort of basic infrastructure provision. Um, I've been involved in sewer infrastructure. I've been involved in water infrastructure and water rates and now transportation. Um, uh, the growth and, you know, issues that the community is going to continue to face. I have a fair bit of experience there as well. Um, so for all those reasons, I'm going to be able to hit the ground running and not have as much of a learning curve. And then two, you know, I've, I've practically, I've been part of um, practical, real solutions for the community. And I would point to the transportation work I've done in particular, not only on the planning side, but actually helping create and then pass a kind of cons community consensus bond measure um, that makes really significant investments in walking and biking and safety and also deals with some of the traffic issues across the community. So, Mike Riley, how can people get involved in your campaign? MikeRileyForBend.com. And on that website, um, you can learn more about me and my campaign. You can also um, sign up for, you know, a lawn sign, for other ways to participate in helping me run a winning campaign for um, the fall election. So I always like to ask my guests if there's anything I've missed. Is there anything else that you want to say to our listeners? Uh, probably the last thing I would say is just that I love Ben. I, I, I've made my choice, you know, chose to move here and raise my family here and to stay here long term. Um, I would uh, really appreciate people's vote and the opportunity to represent folks on the council and bring my experience and perspective and kind of problem solving nature to serving on the council and, you know, helping to continue to make this um, that this place a great place to live, work, um, own a business, run a business, raise a family, and retire. Mike Riley, thanks so much for joining me on the Radical Songbook Podcast. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it.